Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Found Generation podcast, a podcast for young people. One of the biggest criticisms young people receive today is that we're spoiled. We get everything we want as soon as we want it, and we don't know how to react when we fail to get our way. Honestly, it's true. We are the everyone gets a trophy generation. We do expect handouts to not have to wait and to not have to put in the work. Today's guest on the podcast, Kristen Fries, knows a thing or two about waiting. After graduating with a degree in advertising, Kristen went to work in the field she thought she wanted to be in, but it didn't go as planned. A few odd jobs and one cross-country move later, she's now in a totally different field, a rising star doing what she loves at one of the world's biggest companies. At just 25 years old, Kristen is one of the most respected people in Spotify's booming podcast division. To get there, she's made the connections, played the waiting game, put her ego aside, and gone above and beyond at every turn. On today's show, Kristen will tell you how she has quickly climbed the corporate ladder and how you can too. Full disclosure, she and I work very closely together, and I can honestly say she is the most impressive person I've ever worked with. It's an honor to call her a colleague and an even bigger honor to call her a friend. I hope you enjoy her story as much as I do. I got this article sent to me. It was on the Medium site, that kind of blog site that is pretty reputable. And it was posted by this guy out in London who had 30,000 followers on Medium. I'd never heard of him, but said he's a podcast entrepreneur. And the headline of his article was 2022 colon, the year that podcasting died. I want to get your thoughts on that. Do you think that this was the year podcasting died? I don't think so, no. I think if anything, everyone I know listens to podcasts now compared to, you know, I think pre-pandemic, no one really put much thought into like what podcasting was and what the potential was. Um, And I think, you know, we even see it with the show that you and I work on together with Ringer MMA, like the communities that it builds. And it's just a safe, it's just, you know, a safe space to just get all the info you want and, um, you know, it's a good, it's a good way to fill silence. Um, I don't think it's dead at all. If anything, I think it's on the ups. No, exactly. I, I agree. I think what he was getting at was, and I went on to read the article. So he, he kind of admitted that it was kind of clickbaity, mm-hmm. uh, but it worked on me. I mean, it got my attention. Right. I think what he was getting at was podcasting as we know it as the original concept of it, which I believe the records show the first podcast was released in 2004, at least by the definition of it, which is an MP3 file that is available on the internet, on a web browser, on a phone, on an app to download and listen to. And it's via RSS feed. And that's kind of the first generation of podcasting as we know it. I think that's what he means. I think he means that era of it is over. And it is now transitioning or has already transitioned to video podcasting where, okay, a podcast is now something that you watch and listen to, or is a podcast something that you're on Twitter spaces or Twitch? I think there's kind of a rethinking over what the definition of podcasting is. So I I am not going to say the podcasting is dead at all. I do think it's on the up and up. I just think like all technologies, it is morphing and evolving over time as the consumers want something different. Totally. And I was I was going to actually mention the same thing. I think as tech evolves, these kind of platforms and this content needs to keep up to stay relevant. 
Like, for example, with video podcasting, like you could say that that's like a video. You could say that that's like a vlog on YouTube, which maybe it is. But people prefer to have visuals, you know, with their podcasts. Then that's how the industry is going to morph. And that's how, you know, you're going to get more viewers and more sponsors and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think it's definitely changing. And it's cool, too, at Spotify because, you know, it's just tech is, like I said, tech's evolving and Spotify staying on top of those trends. So, you could see a lot more video podcasts on Spotify. Um, they're constantly looking for new formats and, you know, new ways to engage in those conversations, um, not just the MP3 file. You know, you could you could turn that into a video segment or you could turn it into a, I don't know, Q&A segment. Like there's always just different ways to go about the content you're creating. And I think, yeah, I think original podcasts were how I remember it, like kind of NPR style, just like talking into a mic for an hour. Um, also, side note, this is just like my brain going a million miles an hour. <laughs> is podcast, do you know when you looked up like the original podcasts, is it because of the iPod? Is that why they call yes, it podcast? The, the, the origins of the name are directly related to iPod. Yeah. I, I okay. mean, Apple was the innovator of it, which I think is so fascinating as a, as a quick side tangent that – Apple created the podcast, but at some point when Spotify really started transitioning from music into podcasting, 2017, 18 realm, Apple was kind of like, you know what? We're, we're good. Yeah. We, we want to tackle other things. Maybe we don't see as much monetary value in this. We would rather direct our resources elsewhere, which kind of paved the way for a company like Spotify with a lot of money and resources to just kind of take the spot without yeah. much protest from a company like Apple, which I think is so funny because they started it. Yeah, I mean, if you have the talent and you have the content and you have the audience, like that right there is a successful program, you know? So definitely, I think I think that um, Spotify takes into account like how everything is changing and evolving. And it's funny too, because when I was a kid and like I remember when I first got iTunes, I got my first iPod, I remember like there was an option on the side for podcasts. I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, and then I had friends that, you know, oh, my dad listens to this podcast. And I had no idea what that even entailed. Yeah. And now it's like <laughs> such a normal part of my daily vocabulary, um, which is so crazy. But yeah, I don't I don't see it going anywhere. I mean, it, you know, I think it really makes you feel like you're part of something and it's a good way to get info when you're just doing nothing. Like you could be in the car and you could be learning so much just from listening to someone's voice. Like that's incredible. That's so uh -huh. funny that you say yeah. that because I like you also just thought some, a podcast was some foreign word with some crazy concept behind it that I just didn't understand. I didn't know how to find or listen to it. I didn't listen to my first one until 2017, right before I got a job at ESPN. I think like I've, tried to put a number on how many podcasts I have published in my five-year career since then. And it's it's well into the thousands. <laughs> so okay. it's so funny. I was going to ask what it yeah, was. It's well into the thousands, uh, which I think is funny. What do you think the future of podcasting, if you want to call it podcasting 2.0, what, what do you think it is? Where, where's this all going? I think that, you know, like we've discussed prior, it's just with technology evolving, you know, I could definitely see podcasting turning into a resource or a tool for, you know, ways to learn, ways to educate. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough because it all comes down to what technology is available. Like I could see podcasting becoming more interactive, you know, like you and I see on Spotify Live, people are able to chat in real time. Um, 
what if there was a way to leave like on Spotify, for example, like leave comments on Mm -hmm. certain parts or, you know, oh, I like this snippet or, oh, like let's start a discussion. Like I love to see more discussion happening. Um, Kind of like I said, bringing in that community aspect of it. Um, But yeah, I think the possibilities are endless. It just comes down to what resources are available um, and kind of what sticks to people. You know, I think with live and with, for example, the Ringer MMA show, like that was a really cool way to not only listen to your favorite journalists talk about your favorite sport, but you got to hang out with, you know, thousands of people alike that also love this sport and they all became friends and they all became, you know, homies. And like, that is really cool to see that something like a, you know, just a podcast could bring people together and make people all friends. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Spotify a little bit, a little more in depth. Obviously, I worked there as a producer of The Ringer. You worked there. Congrats on the the new job title, by the way. Uh, you, you are now a creative development coordinator at Spotify. Uh, for the people listening, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so I'll be working on the new formats team, which is a team that we've built out. Um, essentially, we're just looking into new podcast formats that might stick or be successful. Um, so, you know, you've seen on Spotify in the past, they'll have like a daily morning show or they'll have a guided meditation show. Like we're kind of trying to play into these certain different new formats, essentially, that we think are creative enough to, you know, bring in a new audience and keep people listening. Um, so as a creative development coordinator, I'll be on the creative development team um, helping podcast hosts come up with new, not only new content, but, you know, new ways of interacting, um, which I think will be really cool. And I may have an, ex- I may have, uh, I may get to work on the exclusive podcast that we work on um, and get to help those hosts with some of their creative direction, which would be really cool. Um, obviously, all these very successful podcasts are successful for a reason. You know, they're, um, they're already in their groove. They know what they're doing. They know what keeps the people engaged. Um, but it might be cool to, you know, test other waters and see what, what other types of formats or ways of communicating or what kind of content, you know, could keep people coming back every day or every week. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of, uh, you know, throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. Um, but I'm excited. It's going to be cool. What is your favorite part about working at a company like Spotify that is the world leader in in its uh, in audio? I would have to say there are a few things. I mean, there are so many things. Um, number one, I would say, are the people that I work with, you included. Um, just everyone is so genuine and quick to respond. And everyone is just like so on top of their shit. Um, you know, makes my job easier. Um, and just some of the greatest people I've worked with, in all honesty. Um, and then with that, too, it is really awesome to be at a company that is so tech focused. And, you know, every quarter is coming out with new tech to improve their app and improve their listening experience. Um, and I think that that's really inspiring to kind of be the like the essentially the global leader of what's to come in audio. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to be a part of that and to see all of that kind of just come to fruition. Um, so yeah, I think what it comes down to it, it's the, the tech that keeps it going and the people that I work with. 
I'm so glad that that you said that. That's my favorite thing about the company is how innovative they are and and quick to to change things. The the last place I worked at ESPN was kind of the opposite. They they move very slowly with things. I mean, I, I loved ESPN. It was a tremendous experience, but that did get frustrating. Um, I love working at Spotify. I take great pride in it. I wear all the Spotify swag. I've got my Spotify water bottle at the ready at all times. Spotify jacket. There we go. Yep. It's a great company to work for, and uh, you are killing it there. I'm very uh, proud of you for getting this this new job, and I can can speak to you how how good you are at your job. I actually, it has not been my experience um, just in my five-year career so far. I was actually shocked when I first got to ESPN, and then this has followed me at other places. I've worked big and small podcasting companies. I was a bit shocked by how many people that were incompetent is a little harsh, but not as not as dedicated, not as focused on attention to detail in an industry where that is crucial. And that's what makes you stand out. So I've, I've been a little taken aback through the years. Why aren't people as dedicated? Why aren't people as responsive? Why aren't people as, you know, a, as motivated uh, as maybe I am or people like you? So that, that's been fascinating to me. And I think with young people just getting into the workforce, you got to be hungry. You need to do the things uh, that, you know, maybe you upset your work-life balance for a little bit. Maybe you work 50 hours one week when, yeah, you don't want to be doing that for the rest of your life. But I think to really establish yourself early, you kind of have to go hard and then progressively take the foot off the gas throughout your career. So I'm just kind of curious to get your take for how you've been able to get at a very young age at a very solid position within a global leader. I mean, this is this is an important position that you have because you're in the department that's kind of determining, in a way, the future of this medium podcasting that Spotify has invested very heavily into. So I'm just curious how you've been able to, to get yourself to this point. Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it. You really have to put in 150%. Like, I don't think anything is going to... I think really good things come to people who just work their asses off and don't complain. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here, but I do think that you have to put in the work to get, to get what you want in return. You know, I think that things don't come easy unless you're a nepotism child. Um, and for me personally, you know, I'm a first generation college graduate. So um, I don't have the same resources that a lot of my peers had. I kind of had to go out looking for that. I was cold messaging people on LinkedIn and just saying, can I get 10 minutes of your time just to chat? Like, I don't even, I'm not asking for a job. I'm not asking for a referral. I just want to know how you got to where you are. Um, and it all came down to just, this sounds so cheesy, but never giving up and putting in 150%. Um, you know, I started in a completely different industry. I studied advertising in college um, thought that I was going to work in advertising. I got a job in advertising and it just wasn't for me. Um, I didn't love the people that I worked with. I didn't love the work that I was doing. I didn't have pride in what I was doing, which, you know, is definitely a privilege to have pride in what you work in. You know, not everyone gets to say that they have pride in what they work in. Um, but for me personally, it was sad to have to work on things that just made me so angry and anxious. I was like, this sucks. Like this is not, it didn't feel like it was worth my time, you know? Um, so I think really it comes down to 
networking and getting those resources that you need to be successful. Like if you have to cold message 50 people on LinkedIn and you get one or two responses, then that's what you have to do. And it's worth it. Um, I can confidently say that I have known since I first got Spotify in like 2011 or 2012 or whenever that was that I wanted to work there. Um, And I actually, when I graduated college, it took me a little bit to find a job. I was working at a restaurant in my hometown. And I remember cold messaging all these people on LinkedIn that worked at Spotify. And now I'm the one getting those messages, which is funny. But um, I remember just saying, you know, looks like your career arc is something that is really inspiring to me. And, you know, this is something I'm really interested in. I just want to know how you got to where you are. And, you know, if you frame it in the way that's like you're not asking for a job or a referral, but you're asking more. So like, I just want to learn about you. Um, you know, make it genuine, make it personal, do your research on this person. Even if that, even if that's looking at their past experience and be like, Oh, I see that you worked in, you know, journalism before. That's really cool. I kind of had a similar path, you know, like be, um, genuine and, and just careful with, and thoughtful with how you reach out to these people. Um, and those relationships will come back and benefit you. Um, in the long run, like I, I can confidently say they're the one person I talked to at Spotify when I was wanting to get a job here, um, back in like 2019, when I had graduated, she, we talked for like 30 plus minutes and she ended up referring me for a job because she liked me, um, didn't get the job. But I remember just the confidence that I had from that one conversation of being like, oh my gosh, you know, she sees something in me. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't have had any kind of experience like that if I didn't reach out in the first place. So it really comes down to just, you know, what is it? Um, what is it? Sowing your seeds or? Yeah. I don't remember. What's the term? <laughs> but planting your seeds or something. Something along those lines. Something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love everything you just said. That's whenever people ask me for my advice, kids in college or just out of college, I echo something very similar. And it's something that people don't want to hear because I remember, and you probably remember this as well, when you were in college, people would come to our classes and lecture us and they would say, networking, networking, networking. And our eyes would glaze over and be like, oh, I don't want to go shake hands with strangers. I don't want to be in meetings. I don't want to get coffees and lunches. Like, I just want you to hand me things, right? But it's who you know. Every job yeah. I've gotten, every opportunity I've gotten is like 80% who I know and 20% skill and, and, and hard work. I'm yeah. extremely lucky because of the people that I've run into. And you have to be pleasantly persistent is as yeah. it was uh, put to me once. Stay on top of people, but be very nice and kind and follow up. I always say to any, anyone who ever asked me for my help that I get on a phone call with, I say to them, don't let this be the last time I ever talk to you. Yeah. I can maybe do something for you someday. I'm not giving that thing to you right now. You just, yeah. you just got my time which, you know, and hopefully I, I can bestow some wisdom upon you in that time. But don't let this be the last time. Hit me up three, four months from now. Email. Ask me how I'm doing. What projects am I working on? What am I excited about? Because this is the exact same playbook that I followed. I, like you, cold message, cold email to people. Um, like I talked to a, an award-winning filmmaker when I was in college who my brother met, like, and talk to him for 30 minutes. And it was those kind of conversations where you don't really talk about yourself. You don't, a, a key rule of my life, work and non-work, is don't speak about yourself unless spoken to. I just always pepper other people with questions 
ask them about their lives, what they're excited about, what they're most proud of, what they struggle with, and what they're working toward. If nothing else comes from that conversation, no opportunities, you get information, a key piece of knowledge that kind of sticks with you and guides you. And that certainly has happened for me. So that is something that I would urge to young people as well. Yeah. And and it really does. I mean, I don't think first impressions are everything, but they are a lot. Yeah. And if you come into a meeting with somebody that you are very inspired by their career path and you just go into, well, this is what I've accomplished and this is what, right. like, no, they want to be able to, you know, not only talk about themselves, but they're telling you how they got to where they are and like, you just have to listen. I actually have an example, if you don't mind me sharing. Please. Um. So something that I really struggled with in college was cold messaging. Obviously, it was really hard for me to get a job my junior and senior year or an internship or anything. So I would just cold message people, hope for a response. Um, And I would always say something like I'd reach out to alumni from my school and I would say, we both went to the University of Oregon and go Ducks. And like, you you know, that loosest connection that. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, this person, you know, your your friend is the third cousin of my bartender. Yeah. Oh, you worked at the photo booth company on campus. (laughs) Me too. That's crazy. Um, But like I get messages every single day from people who are in college and they'll just say. You know, I'm a senior at USC studying business. I see you work at Spotify and I would love to apply for this role. And then they send the link and then they basically just assume that I'm going to read that and be like, yeah, refer. Um, This is a message I received from a random person that actually blew me away because of just how kind it was. Um, And we ended up getting on a Zoom call and we chat every few months because she's just so cool. Um, She's never once asked me for a referral. She's never once, like, we just talk about our experience in the industry. So she messaged me, hi, Kristen, congratulations on getting your new role at Spotify. I currently work in media myself, so I love chatting with other people in the industry to hear about their experiences. I can't wait to read about your experiences at Spotify and the ways you enjoy celebrating life. Cheers. Beautiful. I love that. Wonderful. Compared to something that's, you know, just graduated from X school and I saw this job and I want it. Like, right. no, you have to actually work for that referral, exactly. you know? Exactly. And uh, the LinkedIn DM, hey, Troy, big fan of aerials. I want to get into MMA. Do you have any advice? I'm like, I'm not just going to give you a, a LinkedIn DM. You know, you got to. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, what I just – maybe I push my own agenda on people. So, <laughs> so I, I try to get people to get on the phone, get in person, get on the Zoom, make that same ask to me while talking to me. Because yeah. that's something that kind of the younger generation is, is very hesitant to do. Yeah, say that to my face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> say that you're a fan of a guy that I work with when I'm the one giving you the time right now. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But I, I commend you and, and I say from the bottom of my heart of all the people that I've worked with at, at ESPN, other places, I don't think I've ever met a greater combination of passion, skill, attention to detail, attentiveness, responsiveness, uh, and just kindness than you. So thank you uh, for everything. And, and I'm so excited to see where you go and, and how you celebrate life. How do I celebrate life? I'm still, I'm still wondering. I'm still working on that. But she got I, I, me thinking, right? She had yeah. me thinking, like, how, how do I celebrate <laughs> these accomplishments? Like, truly, it was something that kind of got me thinking, and that's when I was like, I got to meet with this person, you know? Yeah. Um, you could tell she put time into that message, and that's that really means a lot. 
Um, but yeah, thank you for those compliments. I feel the same way about you. Obviously, what we've worked on together has been super successful and it's been so cool to see that grow in the last, you know, year, year and a half. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that that really comes down to, I don't want to toot our own horns, Please. but you and I are very similar in that we put 150% into what we're working on. You know, if we're going to create content, it's not going to be shitty content. It's not going to be okay content. It's going to be the best of the best content that we can create. Um, you know, it's, I think a lot of people now try to cut corners and, you know, okay, well, this is, you know, this is fine. And it's, you know, cut, cutting corners, I think is one of like the worst things you can do in this industry because so, especially with podcasting, like so, there are so many podcasts. I don't know the number now. It's like, I know there's 5 million on Spotify. Okay. I was going to say like in total, there was like four or 5 million. Um, but I guess if it's just on Spotify, then yeah. there's a lot more, um, but so many people feel like they have, um, you know, something to say and, and, you know, everyone does have something to say, but you have to position yourself and like, why am I different? And why do you want, why are you, why should you listen to me? Um, and I think a lot of people like try to cut corners of like, oh, well, I could just talk about this because this is what I heard in another podcast. It's like, no, you have to right. come up with something new to be interesting, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's hard and it is hard to find your voice. And, you know, I got into podcasting because I worked with a colleague on a political satire podcast. Like I just had general interest in the joke that was Donald Trump. And, you know, we would just go on to Zoom for an hour and just shoot the shit. And it was funny. And then he would edit that into snippets. And then it was amazing. And it was like so cool to see what had come together from our hour and a half conversations about these idiots in office. Um, so yeah, just to see how it's the industry has grown, I guess. And, you know, you really just have to put in everything. Uh, and if that means working overtime or working more hours than you were supposed to, then that's what you got to do. You know, you, you kind of have to put yourself in those situations, at least for your first few years of your career, just to show that you're passionate and wanting this like more than anything because you know you you a lot of people are replaceable yeah and if you're not putting in everything into your work that shows and it shows with the content that is then put out um and yeah i think it's just you know put in everything that you have i'm so inspired by you Kristen. uh well, thank you. I'm, I'm especially inspired by i i didn't know this about you that you set your eyes on Spotify a while ago. Why Why was that? What drew you to the company? Funny enough, I am a huge music head. Like, I listen to every and any genre, except I don't really listen to Screamo, I will say. You're missing out. Um, but I'm, I was a one of... Like, I like to think that I was an early Spotify user. I mean, I know that it, the company was established in, like, 04 or 05, but um, maybe 07. I think it was, yeah, it was 07 or 08. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I was one of, you know, I was kind of an early user. I loved how, like, in the very beginning, it was just different. It was like you got to DM songs to your friends. Like, they don't do that anymore. But um, everything about it was, you know, like we've been saying, innovative. Um, and it was really cool, you know, to be able to pay 
at the time, it was like five bucks a month for unlimited music. Whereas at that time, iTunes had been iTunes had hiked up, you know, from ninety nine cents to now it was a buck twenty nine for a song. Isn't that the craziest thing? I was thinking about that the other day. That we used to pay ninety nine cents for an individual song. song. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. And I remember when Spotify came out, I was like, oh, no, you just pay $5 and you have everything. And that was like, oh, perfect, because I'm done with buying songs. That's how I felt, at least. I was like, I have to get an iTunes gift card from the store to then buy a song that I want. Or an even out. I remember like new albums would be like 20 bucks. And I was like, what? Go on Spotify and just click on it and you're listening. Like, it's just insane. Um, But yeah, I love the social aspect of it. And I love that you can make all your own playlists and that it, like the UX was really pretty yeah. and um, everything about it was just awesome. And of course, the way that they marketed themselves um, was just brilliant. So like I said, I was an early user and I always loved the platform. And then I remember when I was working or when I was going through advertising at my school, like we would use examples from other brands and like Spotify advertising is just incredible. Mm. Um, and I remember I used to be like, I don't want to do that. And then I ended up working in advertising and it was not for me, but (laughs) you know, kind of the tables did turn in that I also loved working in content and this position opened on the Spotify live team and it just kind of worked out the way that it did. But um, yeah, I, I knew that I always wanted to work somewhere that was, you know, smart, innovative, creative people, like not only people that are tech focused, but people that are, have creative brains too, you know, people that every time you have a conversation with someone you leave and you're like, that was awesome. Like you're inspired, you know? Um, and I didn't really feel that way at my previous jobs or my previous companies, um, which sucks, but you know, you kind of do have to go through those shitty jobs to get the job that you want. Um, I think everyone has to, at least at some point, I know you have, and I have, so that's just the way that the cookie crumbles, I guess. <laughs> I'm a very self-reflective person and, and a grateful person as well. And I always, maybe too much, look back on, on the journey that's been up until this point. I'm wondering when you are on the 62nd floor or 64th floor, whatever floor it is, of the World Trade Center in Manhattan where Spotify's offices are, do you ever just look at that incredible panoramic view of New York City, take it in and just say to yourself, wow, I can't believe I got here. All the time. Every day. Every day I'm like, I can't believe this is where I'm standing. And I always think about, because, you know, transitioning into my life in New York City, I visited New York when I was in college for an advertising trip. And we went and visited a bunch of different agencies around the city. And I remember getting to go and sit in these agencies. And I remember the just like giddiness that I had felt like, oh my God, one of these days I'm going to be in this office and I'm going to be, you know, coming up with these ideas and I'm going to be actually, um, you know, my voice is going to be worth something. Um, And to now be where I am, like you said, 64th floor of the World Trade Center, I'm looking out on the Hudson River and then on the other side of the building is all of Manhattan. It's like, holy shit, like, like 21 year old, 22 year old Kristen would not have thought that this would be where I was right now. I think I was expecting it to take a while for me to get to that place. Um, and it did, you know, it took a few years, but it came quicker than I anticipated because I just put in so much. And yeah, I absolutely, every time I walk into that office, I'm like, oh my God, like even when I scan my ID <laughs> thing, I'm like, 
I work at Spotify. Like that's incredible. And I don't think that 21 or 20 year old me would have expected me to be here by 26, you know, which is awesome. Why did yeah. you move to New York City a couple of years ago? So I moved to New York in January of 2021. Um, so it's still kind of mid-pandemic. I had graduated college and I moved back home. And it took me a really long time to find what you would consider like a big girl job, right? Home so being, I, I haven't established this, by the way, uh, oh, the sorry. Bay Area in California. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'm from San Mateo, California. So I moved back home after I graduated college, worked at a, a local restaurant. I was like a host and server there. And um, it was really hard for me to find a job. And then I finally got my first big girl job in marketing um, in the Bay Area. And then COVID hit. And then I was working from home for a year. And, you know, with working from home and everyone being home, my, I was living in my childhood home with my siblings and there, and all five of us were here oh, wow. all the time working from home. <laughs> and, you know, it was a lot and everyone had, you know, it was scary because it was people were getting laid off. And then it was just, you know, it was just a lot of anxiety. And I always knew that I wanted to be in New York. You know, I went in college, like I said, I went for trips with my school and we got to tour all these really cool places. And I remember always being so inspired and excited by what opportunity in New York could look like for me. Um, and then when COVID hit, it was like, I don't, I have no idea if this is even going to happen. And then I kind of just, one of my good friends went, got into NYU and it just kind of worked out that way that it was like, all right, we're, let's just send it. Um, so I moved to New York without a job. I had sold my car. I had just like my savings account and I was like, all right, so, you know, something will work. Something will work at some point, you know? And then I think two months, like March, 2021, I got a job in advertising and, um, which was very lucky me. It took me two months. Um, usually takes, takes a lot of time, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I got a job in advertising. Wasn't for me. Didn't really love it. Then I was like, okay, is my whole vision or idea of New York a lie? Because what I've come to believe is like, oh, this is the best place to work in advertising. And now I don't like advertising. So what am I doing? Um, and then I had, like I said, I had always worked. I had a podcast that I worked on with a colleague that, you know, wasn't, we didn't monetize it. It was just kind of a fun way for us to get together and shoot the shit. And um, I, I saw that an, an internship position had opened at Spotify, a part-time internship, and I applied for it. And I was like, mm, you know, I'm <laughs> a twenty, I'm twenty four years old, twenty five. Like I'm way too old for internships, but like I, if I want this, I have to start here, you know. Um, so I was hired alongside a senior in college, um, and then I, you know, even though it was part-time, I'll be honest, like I worked a lot, and I showed them that I wanted this. Like I would do anything to get a full-time role on this team. Like literally anything, if that meant being up at yeah. 3 a.m. I remember. Then that's there. what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after about eight months in that role, um, I was hired full-time, which was incredible. Best team, best boss. Yeah. Like I just could not have asked for anything better. Um, the way that it all worked out was like it was meant to be that way, which – like I said, you know, at first when I had quit advertising, I was like, maybe this city isn't for me. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. You know, maybe I should move back home. What is going on in my life? 
And then when this opportunity came up, an internship, literally an internship as an adult, yeah, I was like, okay, this is the direction I'm going and let's hope it works out. And I could not be any happier with the trajectory in which my career has gone. So I'm very grateful for that internship. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's another good lesson is you're never too good for anything. You're never above anything. Like, yeah, you might get to a certain point in your career where you're like, you know, I, I used to do that. I, I'm above doing that thing. I don't need to do that anymore. But yeah. if you really want it and you're yeah. a perfect testament to this and look at how it's panned out for you now, if you're a good person, I, I truly believe that if you're a good person who works hard, who is good to other people, things are just going to work out for you. That's how the universe works. Yep, totally. And um, it was also, you know, I didn't have experience professionally in podcasting. Like I had experience in digital content, you know, when I worked in ad, but I had only the experience that I had with podcasting was the, the you know, silly little show that I worked on yeah. with a friend that had like 100 listeners, maybe total. Um and that was what I brought to the, that's literally what I brought to my interview. They're like, oh, what do you, you know, what do you have experience in? And I was like, well, I'm kind of trying to venture out of ad, but I, I love this podcast that I work on. And, you know, it's not really that big of a deal, but it is to <laughs> me. And they saw that in me. They were like, oh, it seems like she's really passionate about content. Yeah. And um, I also am very grateful for the team because they kind of fought for me and like knew that I really wanted it. And push me onto that like full time side. Like I think it's really hard to you know prove yourself in that short amount of time. And like I said, I literally was up all the time whenever they needed me, if ever they needed me. Um, and that was kind of the deciding factor. Like, oh, I guess she's she's willing to put in the work, so it worked out for me. Um, but you know, then there are situations where maybe they if like. I was lucky because they had a role open for me and I took it. Um, there are situations where they won't have a role open and then you're just kind of like, uh, eh. you know, yeah. that's when you kind of have to find somewhere else that wants to pay you for your talents. Like it's, it's it really like, I'm just so grateful for everything that has panned out for me. And I do think that it's because of how much work I've put in, but also, you know, my brother's a senior in college right now and it's tough. Yeah. Like, the internship pool is so competitive. You're up against people whose mom's friend owns this company. And, you know, it all comes down to, like you said, who you know. And if you don't know someone, then you don't have, like, your internship. Like, if you're applying for an internship and you throw your resume in, like, it's going into a black hole. Unless yeah. you know a guy. Right. Um, and it really just comes down to, like, you having to be super proactive and, like, you have to fight for yourself. Like you have to be like, this is why I'm worthy of this job. This is why I deserve this job. Um, you just have to fight for it. You know, and it's going to take a while and it really just takes time and patience. And like, if you told me that when I was looking for a job, I would have been like, shut up. Um, <laughs> because it's frustrating to hear. Yeah. You know, it's frustrating to keep getting defeated by getting a job and getting into that corporate life and getting that big girl or big boy or big person job. Um, <laughs> it's hard and it, and it takes a lot of patience. And I think at the end of the day, it'll all work out. You just have to be patient and put in the work. Control what you can control is one of my biggest philosophies. You can't control whether your resume gets seen necessarily. You can't control 
other people's perception of you. All you can control is your mindset, how hard you work, how you treat other people, things of that nature. Adopt that mindset and uh, and I think it'll it'll take you far. I want to go back really quick to that decision that you made to move to New York City. you kind of downplayed how massive of a decision it is to move cross country without a job. Yeah. Were you having a bunch of people in your ear saying this is a bad idea? Families, friends, you shouldn't do this. What are you doing? Absolutely. Um, My family thought I was crazy. Um, (laughs) I told them, I was like, no matter what, because like I said, I, you can, you can figure it out. Like if you, you know, have a college degree and you need to work at a restaurant for a year, then you, that's what you need to do. Like if you, you just have to apply yourself, you know? So when I wanted to move to New York, I was applying like crazy. Nothing was working out for me. The time was kind of coming that my friend who went to NYU was going to move there and we were looking at apartments and, you know, she asked me, she's like, would you move here without a job? And I said, yeah, because I, like I said, I had, I had a car that I was willing to sell and pocket that money and just like live off my savings for a couple months until something hit. Um, yeah, no, my, my parents thought I was, they were like, this is silly. And they even like, and you know, they, they kind of told me, they're like, we're not like, if you, if this doesn't work out for you, like, we don't know what to tell you. We're not going to like be throwing money at you to just keep living your best life in New York when you're, when you don't have a job, like you need to, you need to do the work. Um, and so, yeah, after like two months of being unemployed there, I found a job uh, that I ended up not really loving. But, you know, when I was working part time at Spotify before I got hired full time, when I was working the internship, I worked at a coffee shop. Like I like you have to do what you have to do to stay afloat. And I do looking back at it now, like if I didn't get the full time offer at Spotify, I probably would have had to move back home financially just, you know, it's it's tough to live in a big city like New yeah. York and you have to have the comfortability to do that. Um, but yeah, no, my, my whole family was like, what are you, like, are you crazy? Also, I'm the first of my family to like make a move like this. Um, all my family's pretty local. And um, I was kind of like, I had just this dream and just idea of what New York would be like. And um, it, it took a while to feel that way too. Like I do think when I moved there, you know, I had the job I didn't like, and then I was unemployed for a minute and then, I, you know, you kind of go back and forth and then you're like, okay, do I like it here? But now I'm obviously like, now that I'm very comfortable and like, I feel really secure, I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, I was definitely like looking back at it. I think I am really glad I made that jump. Um, cause it definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone. Like I was, you know, living at home and it was, and it was comfortable to live at home. Um, but I knew that I wanted more and I didn't really want to go, like I knew I wanted to go to a big city. Um, and I, you know, I grew up six hours from LA, so I didn't really want to go to LA. Um, so New York was really just like my other option. Um, but yeah, was it a silly choice? Maybe, but it all worked out and I'm really glad it did. Yeah. If you put out good energy, uh, it works out. I'll get Absolutely. you out of here on this this subject. So I don't know if you like see any of my stuff, that I, but I post frequently about kind of how the cell phone is kind of destroying us uh, a little bit. We're all we're distracted. We're on social media. Like we never really just sit still. It is my. I'd really be curious to see if you got a hundred people 
all of them to do a test where you just go sit in a room for five minutes with nothing, like how long they could last, if they could make it the full five minutes, just being fully with themselves. I'm very curious to see how that is. So I do a lot of that. I do a lot of daydreaming. I'm a big proponent of just kind of like staring out the window on the plane and just daydreaming and thinking or being on the 64th floor and just daydreaming and thinking. So with all that said, I have all sorts of dreams and images I've conjured up in mind about what would make me the happiest three years from now, insert period of time. And, there, and there's a bunch of different scenarios. And I'm just very curious to know, what is your ideal dream within reach? Like not pie in the sky, like you're going to be a, you know, a billionaire uh, mm -hmm. in Bali. But what is your kind of dream scenario for how things work out for you, whether that's work-wise or personal-wise? That's a good question. And it's a good question because I haven't put much thought into it. Um, you know, before I was very comfortable in my career, I was only wishing for comfortability in my career. <laughs> and now that I'm kind of there, I'm just, you know, in the next three years, I would love to just obviously keep growing where I am. I'd love to get to at some point, it'd be cool to manage people. I think I'm, I'd be a good manager. Um, but I think personally, uh, you know, obviously, like we've been talking this whole entire time about working hard and working hard and working hard, but I would love to find some balance, you know? Um, obviously, I love my job and I put in everything, um, but it, you know, at some point, like you have to work on yourself too and like your own personal growth. Um, and I would just, I would just say that when you're putting a lot into work or into yourself professionally, like it is hard to work on those other aspects. Um, so I guess I would just say, yeah, work-wise, I would love to be a manager and just keep working with the amazing talented minds that I work with now. But personally, um, you know, anything that just helps me continue to grow in my own life and just being grateful and, um, you know, being aware of the privileges that I have and using those for good and using my network and the resources that I have to help other people. Um, this is really off the wall, but I've always loved the idea of teaching. Mm. Um, so if there was a way that I could incorporate, you know, my current job with teaching or education, like that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, I don't, that's really hard. We'll come back to that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come well, back to that one in a few months Well, when I do well, some more soul searching. No, don't be like me. I do way too much soul searching uh, to the point that it gets a little bit annoying, but <laughs> whatever it is, whatever you find within your soul, I know that you will accomplish it and probably much more than you could never think possible. So Kristen Fries, thank you very much for joining me. Try. Happy holidays. Go Ducks. And yes. uh, really excited to be part of the band with you. Yes, you're the best, Troy. Seriously, working with you has been incredible. And I've loved getting to know you personally and professionally over the last year. And just great shining star, positive human being. Much love to you. How impressive is Kristen Friss? Seriously, she's a rock star, and I meant everything I said. It is an honor to call her a colleague and a friend. If you also like Kristen and you want to follow along with Kristen and her glamorous New York City life, just give her a follow on Instagram, a link to which is in the show notes. 
where you'll also find a link to my Substack page. It's the end of the year, and with that comes a lot of reflection. So if you want to join me in looking back on 2022, please check out my Substack. I want to wish you all a very happy new year, and I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to my podcast, watched my YouTube videos, and read my stuff this year. It's the craziest thing in the world to me that you guys actually care about what I have to say, and for that, I'm forever grateful, and I can't wait to bring you even more in the amazing year that is to come. Have a great rest of the week, a great rest of the year, and I'll talk to you all very, very soon.